welcome and thank you to everyone tuning in to this week's Late to the Game podcast. I'm your host, Ellie, and I'm joined by the lovely, talented, and Irish as ever, Ned. And we have a fun discussion planned for you all today. But first, Ned, hello, how are you, how have you been, and what have you been playing lately? Hey, how are you? Um, yeah, it's it's great. Hopefully everyone enjoyed that first episode that we did. Um, and you know what I was really impressed with? Um, we didn't argue <laughs> at all. We... <laughs> We argued after the show, which I which I hope is a is a good sign <laughs> of things to, to to come. We can argue before and after, but maybe just not during <laughs> right. the show. Got to maintain appearances, right? <laughs> Right, of course. No, I've been good. Um, you know, uh, busy as ever, but uh, the uh, pandemic seems to be maybe starting to come to its end. Oh my hopefully. god, don't jinx it. Um, Knock on wood. Yeah, true. I know the US is like way ahead of us in terms of the vaccination program, but uh, hopefully we get there uh fairly soon in ireland as well but uh no generally been pretty good how are you as how's how's your your video game narrative course been oh going? it's been so good except uh just, well not except but tonight i actually i was you know an absolute baby about you know the only slightly negative feedback i've received since starting this this career <laughs> where and it wasn't even like i can i can sit on it excuse me and realized that it wasn't even that negative, actually. Like, I was just told that I'm a book nerd, which is true. And so it reflected that in my writing. And I was like, but you don't think I'm a video game writer yet? And, the, you know, I'm just being a baby. But <laughs> so it's all going swimmingly. I'm just very sensitive. No, I, I'm, I'm like, you've told me a little bit about your feedback. And I like, I think that there's a... There's a real compliment and opportunity in what what he what right. he said to you, um, which is that um, you have very descriptive bookish writing, and and now it's I mean you know you're regularly playing games by for about six months. I mean that's the premise of late to the game right. after all. So I think that bodes really well. I think the hard part is writing, well, <laughs> <laughs> which you've got down. Now it's just kind of you know how do I turn that into effective game writing and i think the more that you're doing this sort of thing and playing games and reviewing and talking about games i think that's only going to come um but yeah it can be negative feedback you know or even constructive (laughs) feedback can be hard to take sometimes i mean whatever it's fine it's fine i just (laughs) i am a baby about it sometimes and like i just you know, you want to be good at everything that you try your hand at. And I know you and I both have this issue um, of just wanting to Mm -hmm. be extraordinary at the start of it. And I think that's because we're just very privileged, albeit spoiled people. But to move swiftly away from that existential crisis, (laughs) um, what are you playing lately? So I'm still on my uh, Assassin's Creed uh, adventure uh, for the most <laughs> part. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel any particularly, I don't feel better or worse about it <laughs> since the last time. It's good. You know what? I, I played a game uh, that made me feel a lot better about Assassin's Creed. And so I've, I have since gone back to Assassin's Creed. And they have the whole Easter uh, festival going oh, cool. on in Assassin's Creed now at the moment. And they have like different side quests and so on. Um, and it's all fine. You know, it's all, it, look, I said it's a really good 7 out of 10 game, you know. But 
I did play a game that made me feel a lot better about Assassin's Creed, which was Greedfall. <laughs> okay. Now, for anyone that hasn't played Greedfall, it is a, an RPG sort of in the uh, mold of um, Dragon Age or Mass Effect, that sort of um, narrative-based RPG. And it's set in sort of a fantasy colonial times sort of period. Right, and like very political, Which on the right? face of it sounds. Um, I didn't get that. Yes, kind <laughs> of. Uh, it seemed a little bit political, and that political intrigue would be right, right. down my alley. And colonial period periodic sort just of piss you right off um drama I, I you know i love <laughs> all of that sort of stuff but um it just seemed like such a dated game in so many ways mm. it, it it seemed like something that was out of the beginning of the ps3 oh, era wow. with you know just um characters that were introduced into your party that like are suddenly with you that you've barely had any introduction mm. to that they're just suddenly traveling along tagging behind you and you're like why are you <laughs> with me all of a sudden there's been, been no you know other than a couple of di- lines of dialogue this you know new um native from the new land that i've arrived in is suddenly part of my party and i'm meant to be okay with this yeah that's that's something that we've been talking about in um in the narrative development class as well is like the the player has to feel enough agency that they've have that they've earned certain sections of a game so like for instance like that with parties or something like you can't just be like you can't force someone to feel an allegiance to an NPC. They have to weasel their way into your heart, basically. And that's something that is like so hard to write. So one of the, the issue that I ran into with my piece was that I set up, I had too much time, evidently, where I was setting up um, the world and setting up like certain importances about certain like facts or whatever. And it was just like, it just didn't hit the mark because I spent too long trying to make something important. So there's a real sweet spot there. That's hard, Mm. hard to navigate. Well, you know, they did, they, they certainly spent a lot of time on some issues um, with, with, with the game. So you start off the game and you're in, whatever mainland that you're part of you know and you're told about this new colony this new island that everyone's moved to to try and like take parts of the land for themselves and but you haven't actually set sail yourself to be part of this colony yet uh and they spend so long there i was hours just like doing these doing these introduction introductory missions which are like hey you got to do this before you get on the boat to the new world and you know, the whole premise of the game was that you were going to this new world and all of, you know, spending like five, six hours just be, before I can get even, get even and get oh on the boat God. to get there. And that's when they, and you know, when you get on the boat, that's when they run the titles. I was like, well, you know, I've just spent hours doing this. Unfortunately, the payoff for getting there is not oh, no. worth it whatsoever. Because when you get there, it's just the story seems to get worse <laughs> at that point and it becomes it becomes the, the world becomes very very open so whereas there there seemed like there was some direction and you were working towards something before you got you know you were working to get on the boat <laughs> to the new land when you get there you, the drive and the motivation to keep going uh, is, is 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 not there anymore and the way that the world 
it's a very broken open world so you're not constantly running through this open world you're running to kind of um uh, points in the world and then you're selecting somewhere in the map so it's like these small little maps everywhere which is very sort of like it reminded me of a game called dragon age which people might know it's a bioware game um which was kind of it was a game that came out during the ps3 era that was um it predated some of these huge open worlds that we Mm. have now and it just seemed so dated. And and as I said, characters were being introduced to me that were apparently part of my party <laughs> now that I had no allegiance to, and I had no real sure. liking for. And then the thing that the the thing that really turned me off completely was that um, each the, the, so there's different political parties have different parts of the island, and so I'm part of one political party and. Um, the governor's house I walk into that and there's a particular type of music that's playing a real real stately music that's playing Um, when I went to another part of the island the same governor's house it was exactly the same layout slightly different (laughs) wallpaper but exactly the same music so it's like all of this re-skinning just copy paste so I was done I was out I was out. That that was me done. I'm back to Assassin's Creed and liking Assassin's Creed all the more for my experience and adventures in Greece. A little bit of juxtaposition for appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm appreciating 2021 game all of a sudden. Uh, I mean, for me, like complete, complete contrast. I've started um, Final Fantasy VII Remake and my God, Woo-hoo. what a fucking masterpiece already. I am thrilled to be playing it how far are you in um gosh not even that long i'd say like max five hours six hours something um but i'm a, I'm a few chapters in i'm like near the end of chapter four anyways um i've just recently did the like iconic bike fighting scene um and it is mm. just so exciting and i didn't the thing that has really surprised me the most about what I'm so excited about with this game is that like, even though it is a big game, like it's a big boy, it's like, I think average 60 hours first playthrough. Um, and even so, it still starts at the start, like as a complete contrast to Greedfall, it, it starts at the tutorial, like the tutorial is so active and you land in. And like for me, I've, as we know, I've only played that fever dream of a Final Fantasy game before. Like I don't have experience with Final Fantasy, but somehow the creators were just so clever in the placement of the music and and the introduction of all the characters that I felt nostalgic for this group of characters that I've never technically met before. But like I was ready. Mm. I I don't even know how they did it. And I guess this is like the thing I'm really excited to uncover, but they made me so excited to discover these characters and to love them without even trying. So you, you've, you've watched some of the original game. Like, I mean, it probably goes without saying, you know, given that this is late to the game, but you you haven't played the original Final Fantasy VII, isn't that right? I haven't, but I have watched, um, I've watched the first couple chapters of the original game to see the comparison. So cool. Hmm. So, so you're aware of what this remake is doing then, which is they're essentially taking the first 10 hours of that 80 hour i mean i when i played it was hundreds <laughs> sure. of hours because it did every side mission and i just lived in the gold saucer for years <laughs> and so on but but 
they're basically taking that first 10 hours, which is in this main city, Mm. Midgar, and making that into the entirety of the game. So they're able to flesh Mm. out characters more and spend more time with some side characters. I'm not going to tell you who's a side character and who's not a side character because that's kind of a spoiler in itself. But you're able to really get a sense of what this world is. Um, uh, I'm sure as someone that's like really enjoying character and narrative and so on, I, I'm sure that's something that you're really enjoying. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, I, um, and this is of course, like I've talked about this with horizon as well, like, cause, because I'm playing so many games, uh, running side by side, I'm, I'm, I have like really uncommon comparisons basically. Um, but with horizon, like right. it's, stunning like I I will say it until the day that I die I don't know that I've played a game more physically beautiful at this point um and I I absolutely adore the battle mechanics in Horizon but I am like 15 or so hours in maybe 20 at this point I feel like I've been stuck at 15 for like a year so probably (laughs) closer to 20 but I feel like it just has not like it's barely starting just now whereas like with Mm. this with Final Fantasy VII Remake, I I just am already like I'm such a yes man in the in remake. Like I, I like every time that they're like, Do you want to go back to this person? Like just quick travel or do you want to like explore? I'm like, yes, let me explore. I will find everything in this environment. I will find new people to fight. I will find new people to get quests from. I'll do a fetch quest. I don't even care. Like just everything is orchestrated in this way that makes it really exciting. And I just I also, I mean, I'm so driven. I'm so driven by music. I think that's one of the driving forces that kept me in Witcher 3. And the music is extraordinary. And and remake, like, it's so good. Amazing. Nebeo Yumezo is just one of the iconic Mm. soundtrack composers. I can see why. Uh, I I, I don't even want to just say video Mm. game composers because he stands... He stands up with, you know, John mm-hmm. Williams. And to think that when he wrote those melodies, he was writing for exactly. a MIDI sound. Yes. You know, um, but but in my mind, I mean, I, you know, to give my background of Final Fantasy VII, uh, you know, up until I played Witcher 3, um, and it's tied with Witcher 3 now, Final Fantasy VII, the original, is my favorite game mm. of all time. I have played that 80-hour to 100-hour game uh, four or five mm. times in my life uh, to completion. I've done everything. I've, you know, I've beaten the weapons. I've done all of that sort of stuff. And for anyone who doesn't know Ned, that is a considerable amount of time to put away into anything, let alone a game to play multiple times. Like he's the busiest man I know to be able to put away 500 <laughs> hours to this game. Now, granted, it probably hasn't happened since children. It hasn't happened yes. in my journey, <laughs> but still. So I mean, like I mean, that game came out in uh, 1997, I think. So like I was 14 when I was playing it. Um, I'm I'm 37 now, <laughs> you know. So like I've played it quite a few times right. at this stage. Um, but it's it's just you know that music means so mm. much to me. And so when I heard a full orchestration of Ares' mm. theme or the main theme uh, or the battle music. Oh, the music, battle music makes oh. me want to scream. It's so good. Like, it's so JRPG. It's got, like, loads of cymbal and loads of percussion. And I'm just like, yes, give me everything. I am so ready to fight. And um, 
And yeah, it's just, it's ticking all the right boxes for me where I didn't realize Horizon was lacking. And I'm not saying that like these games are like, I'm not saying in any way that Horizon is a bad game. Like, please don't ever misunderstand (laughs) me. It's just that I'm very privileged to play immensely good games. Amazing games. Um, and, and it's just like Horizon's music where it is clever sometimes and where it is good for cues of being like, okay, I'm safe now or I'm in danger. It's not like pretty. It doesn't orchestrate your experience. Whereas like, I don't know, I find that Seven does. Yeah, I mean, like I think you're comparing one of the best examples of video game <laughs> yeah. music with, with something that's very, yes. very good. Because I do like the Horizon soundtrack. I think it's great. I, I, I think, you the, and I've said this to you before, uh, I think the what you're probably finding with Horizon, is, the, the difficulty with it is that I think it's it came out at a time that open world games were um, st- starting to realize that they can be more than what Was they it 2013? are. It's one of the last of those that's the number um, in my head no i think it's a little bit i think it's a little later 16? than that i think it's maybe 2016 okay maybe, 2013 yeah. was witcher that's um, what I'm, I'm sure listeners will correct yeah. us on that but um the you know it, it it's sort of emblematic of of old older um open mm. worlds and, and a number of open worlds have come around since then witcher 3 being a great example that was just better side missions Red Dead Redemption mm. probably being the best, where they're open worlds, but they're also paced in a way, and the side quests and the quests are presented in a way that makes it feel like it's paced much better, and that you're not just in an open world, you know, trying to find your way around and, and kind of not being motivated to move from one point to the next. Um, so I'm very excited for Horizon yeah. 2, because I think it, it it has such a great IP, and the world is so great that now if they can get the pacing and the quest writing just a little Absolutely. tighter i think we have an amazing Absolutely. sequel to, to look forward yeah, to because just the nature like i've i've been thinking about this a lot and we'll we'll this will you know help this will this will transition into what we're going to be talking about next which is the pros and cons of being late to the game but um one of the things that i have decided i think really sets apart an rpg for me is the side quest because that's the thing that makes it different from a focused game you know, like that's the excess material. And I just, I find that Horizon's side quests, like I don't care about them. They don't seem to be related to my main goal. There's no switch off. There's, right. there, it's all very much like you're operating at a two or you're operating at like a 10 and there's no in between. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the main quests are great. Uh, absolutely, and I, and I think you know, in hindsight, when you when you add the whole, yeah, uh, the side quests are just not as good as what has come mm. since. Um, you know, they're probably similar to what a lot of other side quests were like in many other games released at the same time or just before it. Um, but we've just moved beyond that, I think. And and side quests have to give motivation and meaning to the world, and I just don't think they did in Horizon. You know, unfortunately. But look. Horizon 2 is out later on this year, and if they've learned anything from those other games that have come, uh, I, I think it's just going to be amazing because they already had such a great basis to work yeah, from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk pros and cons. Um, yeah. Would you like to go first? Yeah, so I've been thinking about this a lot, and I know you're late to the game, but I'm also late to the game because 
you know, I just don't have as much time for gaming as I used to. So a lot of the time when I play games, they're two or three years old, you know. So, I mean, and there's lots of pros and cons that come with that. But, I mean, the biggest pro is cheaper games. You know, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, PS Plus, um, I'm mostly PlayStation in my gaming, uh, same as yourself. And, like, I mean, there's so many games I don't even have to buy anymore. So, definitely, I mean, the cheaper games is definitely one of the big pros of this. Absolutely. Story. And they just released that, like, play at home thing where, like, classic games yes. are free. Like, huge, amazing monster games are free. So. So I'm going to give you one of the the flip sides to being a pro pro for for yeah for to cheap cheap okay. games though is um also cheap <laughs> games. And I tell you why. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> because is that how greed sometimes got you? you well no, <laughs> uh, actually what I mean by that is that Sometimes you get a game uh, that uh, you buy a game for 20 euro and then you find out the next month that it's actually for free on PS Plus. Now, if you buy a game when it first comes out, you're going to have at least two to three years (laughs) before that goes free on PS Plus. And so you're going to feel better about when it does Mm -hmm. go free. But yeah, I mean, sometimes I have found myself buying a game uh, and granted it was cheaper, but in a month's time, all of a sudden, I find out that it's free on PS yeah. Plus or on Steam, or there's a you know there's a deal that makes it like two euro <laughs> or something like that, you know. So like it's a you know there's a pro and con to to that being cheap games, but yes, you are right. Sometimes they are just you know in terms of quality, <laughs> they're cheap yeah. too. Um, so my first pro, um, I don't play bad games. Like there is a flip side to this, of course. But um, generally, one of the great things about being late to games is that, like, the list has been curated for me. So, like, the opinionated part of me would love to just be released into, like, a category of games and be like, have your, your, your way, go through, make your choices on this. Um, but generally, I can just, you know, sit back and be like, yes, I will play Ghost of Tsushima. I will play Red Dead Redemption. I will play Horizon and Final Fantasy and God of War, and I will love my life. Um, But yeah, I mean, there is also just the downside of me wanting to be, you know, that little hipster part of you that speaks sometimes where it's like, I just want (laughs) to discover it. Like, don't tell me. I just want to discover it. (laughs) Yeah, you've sort of got that filter of time, don't Mm. you? Like, like you've got... All of these games get filtered through not just reviewers, but communities and friends. And so by the time that you've played something, it's had it's been weighed and tested yes. and either, you know, you may maybe found wanting and therefore you don't don't play. I'm so glad you did that. I'm so that that reference was eating in a my night's, brain. A night's <laughs> tale. It's a night's tale. You've been weighed and tested yes. and found wanting. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, you've got this filter to 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 um, assess your games. And at least you don't waste your ta- time on games that aren't worth your time, mm. you know. And that is, like, one of the real cons of playing new games um, is that, that you're, you potentially are wasting your time. Because... You know, uh, that's why we rely as gamers. We rely so much on our, on reviewers to tell us what we should be spending our money and our time yeah. on. Um, you know, but at least if you can filter that through a whole community of people that you trust, you have a better chance of spending time on something that you really like. You know, 
Yeah. Um, I might talk about one of my cons then, if yeah, that's okay. So I really want to be part of like a community ah. with my gaming sometimes. I want to be able to like share the memes and all that. And <laughs> by the time that I have played uh, or by the time I'm playing a game, sometimes like there's no community I around it, it anymore. You know, the, all of the memes are gone and the Facebook group is The you know, Facebook group? From it. Are you 90 years old? <laughs> What Facebook group are you going to for your gaming memes? I can't let that I slide. Do. I'm, I'm oh, a, God. I'm in a cyberpunk group. Stop. I'm in a Witcher group. I do. You're just That's in CDPR. I get you get your CDPR from, yeah. from Facebook because they're out of touch, too. No, I... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, I've started using the hashtags Ooh. a lot more lately. So uh, trendy. On, on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah i mean my my general point though is is still there though you know I, the community has kind of moved on to something new and i've kind of missed the the zeitgeist of the, the of, of the game sometimes and particularly if it's an online game particularly if it's it has online requirements to maybe get mm. in the platinum or something like that you know if there's no community around it you know a game that was really like this for me was journey oh. i loved journey but by the time they played it nobody else was really playing what? it so those sort of moments that you know they talk about multiplayers where people kind of you, know, you can hold hands and stuff like that i had very few of those moments when i played it yeah i didn't have anyone i never when i played journey Oh man, when I played Journey, because like at the end, like Journey, oh God, we could talk about Journey for a year. It's so, so <laughs> heartbreakingly beautiful uh, and just like the most perfect metaphor for life. And they just, you know, they accomplish all their goals in creating it. But um, at the end of Journey, for anyone who hasn't played it, there is a section where they give credits to the other players that you came across because there's no character creation. You look all exactly the same. Um, and you just interact with other online players throughout right. the thing. And, you know, I thought I had been interacting with like, because I did, I did like little mission-y parts uh, with like, I thought like three people or something. And then by the end of it, when I saw those credits, I, I, had, mm. I had interacted with 10. So like there were, there were, yeah, wow. there were loads of people that I was just going through these with. And like, you know, you, you make your little like chirpy note sound and you help each other fly and you, you go through this and it's all about like the strangers you encounter through mm. life and just, oh, it's such a beautiful experience. And I, I've gone off topic now because I just love journey and want to pour my heart out to it. But yeah, no, I had a, I had an online experience with it for sure. Uh, maybe I was just playing it on a Monday morning or something because I, I think I came across one person that I instantly lost <laughs> and um, and that was it for the, <laughs> for the rest of the that's journey. I was, I was completely on my no. own. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Oh, no, I hate that for you. So I just thought that there was no community around. No. But, you know, but I think my point still, my point still uh, stands, sure. though, which is like sometimes it can be harder to get like good online games or good, you know, good teams or even good competitors in, in some of these online games. Uh, but like I don't tend to play a lot of online games. Most of my gaming tends to be a big single player mm. game so it's more about like those social media sort of uh surrounding it and being part of that conversation that part of part of that community you know what what's some of your comments uh, well actually i have one that's like tangentially related to that so like <laughs> for anyone who knows me in any sort of uh semi-personal way uh knows that i am unreasonably obsessed with playstation access on youtube 
And so like some of the things I, (laughs) some of the things I can't experience uh, are like certain live streams that they do or something because I'm like, okay, that's a game that I know I'm going to be playing soon. And I don't want spoilers for this. So like, for instance, Dave, he's my favorite in the team. And he did like an epic eight hour Uncharted 4 platinum run stream. And I don't get to watch that until I complete Uncharted 4. And that makes me sad because that is months away. It was really good. I watched it. No! <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. Like, I have to deprive myself because I'm just late. And that's something that's, you know, frustrating. Um, but an actual just like separate con. Uh, obviously, spoilers. That's the biggest one. Hmm. So that has to be the biggest spoiler, uh, the the biggest con. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Right. Because have you had any? Have you had any major spoilers in the last couple of months as you've been playing? Yes. So, um, as we know, uh, (laughs) Naughty Dog has released a sweet little indie game (laughs) called Last of Us Part Two, and (laughs) never heard of it. Yeah, no. I mean, it's getting some really good reviews, like you know, some lukewarm. reception on it um no so it's won like every single award possible and it's doing incredible things and people want to talk about it all the time and it's you know a master class in storytelling so um naturally every person i follow on twitter talks about how amazing this game is and so literally anytime i see a screenshot of ellie or joel or abby i'm like ah and there's like swipe as fast as i can to like move down my news feed um but yes, no, I someone made a very witty tweet about the fate of a certain character. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> I haven't even played Last of Us 1 yet, but I know what happens to someone in 2. <laughs> that was emotionally trying. I, I had the same spoiler. I, I wasn't as late to the game as you. Because, you were Well, you haven't played yeah. it yet. Uh, but I was a little bit later to that game. I was about a year late to that game. And uh, I had I had the same spoiler. Uh, and, you know, it, it didn't ruin the game for me. Um, right. You know, and there was there was a lot more context around this. And but it's um, it's an amazing game. Uh, but yeah, man, spoilers, spoilers can um can really ruin games it's it's the hardest yeah again it means that you can't like follow the exactly. hashtag or you're just trying to avoid things constantly on twitter or instagram um but one of the big pros of coming late to the game is that these games are actually finished by the time Heck you yeah. play them. i mean we kind of we kind of live in a world where the game that's sent to you, you know, on release day, you know, whether it's like on disc <laughs> um, or you're downloading it, uh, is not the final version. And I mean, of course, we've seen this with Cyberpunk. And today, actually, as we're recording, is um, uh, version 1.2 is after coming out, the big mm. update that's meant to fix everything. Um, I mean, I don't think cyberpunk is going to be fixed to the point that everyone is yeah. hoping. Um, but that's a separate <laughs> discussion for a separate day. And um, but like a lot of games have have had really good fixes, and by the time that they're maybe six months out or certainly a year out, they're just really polished games by that point. Um, so you know I've had the privilege of being able to play something like Assassin's Creed Unity a year, or actually it was probably about eighteen months mm. after it came out, and that was a buggy as hell game but i loved it i thought it was great i didn't have any bugs <laughs> you know it was super 
Um, so that's definitely having like having like polished games, less bugs, and then having all the DLC available yeah. available to you then as well. That you're not waiting for. Like I'm really waiting. Like this next DLC for Valhalla might save the game mm. for me, which is like we're going to Ireland yeah, in Paris, right? That's the first game I've ever played. Yeah, Paris is the next one after that. Yeah. Um. So really looking forward to that. Um, but when you're late to the game, you can like play straight yep. through the game and go right straight into that DLC. <laughs> Definitely. And um, I have a kind of weird experience with that because like, I, I haven't, um, the only game I've completed that has DLC and like famously good DLC is Witcher 3. But I got an ending I was not pleased with, to say the least. And I intend to do, and I couldn't bear the idea of continuing the journey with the ending that I got, even, even though I have suspicions that it's canon and you and I have talked about this at length and you don't agree, but that's fine. Um, I, I just couldn't bear the thought of playing the DLC with that uh, confirmed ending. And, and so I've made it up in my mind, like, I don't know when I'm going to find this spare 100 hours to play this again. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a lot shorter this time around because I know what I'm doing. Um, but I can't I can't play the incredible, famously good DLC until <laughs> I play and get a different ending because I just can't fathom moving through that world for 40 more hours with that devastation in me. I mean, I think you're absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should watch a YouTube video of the other ending and pretend that that was the ending that you Who got. Who am I? Um, Who are you I, pretending I am? But I'm not going to. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to try and convince you. Um, <laughs> no, you got to do what you got to do. But yeah, I mean, that that DLC is, is probably the best DLC that was ever released for a game in my experience. And maybe there's maybe there's some other DLC that for the actually the DLC for Last of Us mm. 1 is probably up there with it. Oh, really good. And this DLC coming for Last of Us 2 really soon as well. <laughs> it's like the back Joel, Joel's backstory. Yeah, Amazing stuff coming up. Uh can't believe that that, that I keep forgetting that's coming out soon. Um but you know we've been talking a little bit about about cons. What what are what what's one of your pros? Uh so one of the things that's really cool is that I get to see um side-by-side comparisons of like the gaming industry's development because like as we know like i mean jesus the first like you know qualified video game came out in the 70s so this is 50 years of incredibly quick growth for the industry like to go from pong to the last of us is huge and um and of course i did not start with you know moving through the 70s material like i'm primarily only going back as far as like you know playstation 3 generation (laughs) but um i get to see like certain developments between uh like animation things because i'm a very i'm a very visual person and so as as this is a visual medium it's I, I focus a lot on those details um, and just even like the difference in uh, motion capture and like facial design in games in just like the last five years has been absolutely shocking and thrilling. Um, like mm-hmm. I, like the ones that come to mind for me are like uh, like Shadow of Mordor and God of War, you know, like hugely different 
Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, it's like, you know, they say about uh, boiling, a, how do you boil a frog? What? You know, where you leave it in the bo- in the water and you... you, you I don't this so. Is this boiling Irish? A frog, you, you leave it in the water and you boil the water and, oh. and, and the frog doesn't jump out. But if you throw the frog into water, it right. jumps out. Um, <laughs> anyway, something like that. But <laughs> I think it's kind of like with games. Because I've been growing up with these games and, and, and the, the, the improvements have happened gradually from one year mm. to the next, I'm sort of, when I suddenly go back to a game, like I did recently when I went back right. to Horizon, thinking that this was the most amazing game, and I go back and I was like, oh man, we, we've mm. moved on. The, the, the industry has moved on. And if you have, if there's anyone out there that's gone, oh man, he's, 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 he's wrong about that, go back and Honestly. play Horizon witness though that storytelling and 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 see if you like see compare that to uh, witcher 3 which came out just before but they would have been mm. in development around the same time uh, and and red dead redemption yeah. uh, they're they we have just moved on as an industry um and uh and i think you know that 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 difference is much more stark when you go back um, after after time, so you're getting to see the, all of those differences, mm. which is which is not something that if you're constantly on the cutting edge of it, you're you're just seeing these slight changes uh, from one, from one game to the next. So yeah, I mean, definitely. I again, it's just you know that that privilege of getting to look at these side by side, and of course, I mean, it, it does it it makes me a bit spoiled as well because then you know. I play a game like God of War and then I go back and I play something like Horizon and I'm like, whoa, these are in totally different, you know, forgive the pun, but playing fields. And I just looking at it is shocking. And it's something that like, because I watched, uh, I watched you play Shadow of Mordor a bit. And um, the, and the, one of the first things I said to you, and this was like months ago. So, you know, I'm a baby in this industry. Months ago means that I was actually like just newborn. Yes. <laughs> um, but I was watching it. And one of the first things I said to you is like, I hate the way their mouth moves. Like there's so much tongue mm. action. And like, if anyone is confused again, by my fever dreams of game experiences, go back and look at like any sort of video from Shadow of Mordor, because like, it's just bizarre the way the mouth moves. Like there's too much happening. And it's just something like that has been, for whatever reason, the biggest difference that I've seen in animation. Like the the way Kratos talks is so effective and it's so realistic that I just like am blown away whenever I look at it. And then like, you know, you go back to a, a game that was made before and you're just like, wow, what, how did this even, how did it exist differently before? Mm-hmm. Um, so what's another of your cons? Um, yeah, I suppose it's kind of on the flip side of what you said earlier on about this filter of time so you don't play any bad mm. games. I, I think one of my cons is that I don't play any bad <laughs> games. Um, I, I, I mean, that's kind of tongue in cheek, but what I mean by that is that I, I don't play any games that I'm potentially might like mm. because I'm, I'm relying on this filter i'm relying on this filter of the community and reviewers to tell me what i like and what i don't like and and so you know i think if you're playing games with like sort of a veil of ignorance um you might actually fall in love with a game that other people totally. don't like but it's your game i i, I don't do that because i don't want to risk 
I have so yeah. little time. I have so little money <laughs> these days. Uh, we're all in the pandemic, guys. Um, but I don't want to risk my time and my money on something that I might not like. So I don't take yeah. the risk. Um, but we're all so different as people that maybe there's a game out there that the community rates as a five or six out of ten that speaks to you as a person. You know, when it comes to books or songs, we all have this piece of art that like is just speaks mm. to us. I don't necessarily think that we do with games as much unless you're sort of on that cutting edge and you're always playing games and reviewing new things. And uh, But if you're relying on sort of that filter of time to filter out the games you apparently should <laughs> and shouldn't play, uh, I think you're less likely to come across that gem that's just for you. Definitely, you know? yeah. That's And see, that's also kind of the... I guess like tangentially related again that I um one of the things I think because of where I want to move into this industry like at the moment I'm late to the game but I'm hoping that I can like tick a lot of the fundamental foundational boxes and then move into like cutting edge like games journalism you know talking new exactly to new to the game ahead of the game if you On will time to the game um <laughs> yeah. To the game. yeah um <laughs> But because of that, like, I don't want to, I want to be the person that you trust for your opinion, you know? And, and so I oftentimes like, I don't want, I want to experience the quote unquote bad games or, um, something just so that I have a frame of reference that I'm not only comparing like, like with like in AAA studios. And, uh, and the other day, like I, you should go and play Greedful. Yeah. Yeah, I'll commit 300 hours to a game that never starts and I'll be so pleased that that was my decision. <laughs> but um, There's probably people out there that absolutely love that game, so my apologies. They're going to be rioting against you. Um, <laughs> but I, the, like the other day I found, uh, and this is something I definitely want to dive more into, and I guess this is a, a pro and a con for me. Um but I really want to play more independently made games. Like I really, really do. Because mm. um, like the other day I was just on itch.io, which is just like a a little little site where people can upload their own games that they're making by themselves or that like a small studio is creating or whatever. And just getting that perspective and finding out what's what's genuinely being created right now. Because a lot of the time, excuse me, a lot of the time we don't know what's actually being created right now because it's going to be released in five years. And so like if there's people just churning out small games, small bite-sized games and putting it up on sites like itch.io, I can find out that, wow, a lot of people are churning out horror games right now, like environmental horror games. That's like definitely a trend I've noticed. Um, and I just think it's so important to do that like indie research and not base all of my knowledge on AAA studios. Um, and, and and sorry, I brought that up because I've seen tweets lately uh, about people being like, oh, why, why are so-and-so opening up indie studios? Indie games are trash. And it's like, that literally means nothing. Indie just means independent. It's not a genre. Like it doesn't have any right. sort of identifiable trait. It literally just means it's not associated with a company. Like, like, like right. to say that indie games are trash 
is insane to just, I just can't. It's like, that's like saying like, you know, I saw a lily I didn't like, and now I think all flowers are trash. Like that's, that's the equivalent and that's nonsense. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm completely with you, and I, and I think um, I have played a lot of trash indie games, and I've <laughs> played some amazing indie games. Um, I, I, I generally play AAA games, you know, the, the mm-hmm. big marketable games. You know, I, I pay mm-hmm. seventy euro for and live on for the next six months. You know. <laughs> Um, that tends to be kind of where I spend a lot of my time. Um, but again, I think it's it's that sort of, for for the reasons I'm late to the game, it's that lack of time. It's the lack of um, free um, or disposable income um, uh, that, you know, kind of means that I play it safe a lot of the time when it comes to my game selection, you know? Mm. Um so yeah, I, I'd like to play more indie games, but um, I, I don't tend to take the risk, which is you know back to the con that I talked about. You know, yeah. I just I tend to play it safe with my selections. Yeah, and I mean my issue then as well, like my my con to that is you know, geez, how many piggybacks have we done now? But um, I like with wanting to spend time with the indie games and with that part of the industry. I obviously I'm not able to simultaneously spend my time with the big games that are the ones being talked about in the industry. And so there's always like that little bit of FOMO for me. Like there's always that little bit of like, (laughs) but you are actually missing out because these people have all evaluated this game and they all absolutely adore it. And so that's always like, you know, in the back of my brain being like, but what if you just spent a hundred hours in Red Dead Redemption 2, you know, (laughs) like, you only have so many 100 error blocks to, uh, exactly. to give right now at the moment too though I know. Um, it's also like your FOMO because of horror games you know um, yes. oh. The Last of Us will go unplayed for some time until yeah, <laughs> yeah. Until, I, until you it, get around to that and that's just like that's definitely one of the devastating things about it because my god horror games like I just said about the indie industry like it, like the indie part of the industry horror games are so popular right now like they are being made it is being like proliferated through the industry and I am through and through a wuss like I was I was playing little nightmares the other night for a stream and you know my lovely community decided to get me wasted. And the only way I could deal with my fear was just like singing through it. So (laughs) I was like singing colors of the wind, you know, just like going through little nightmares. I think if you're listening to the podcast of this, I'm going to put in a little sound clip of that right now. The rainstorm and the river, I promise, please jump up. The heaven and the honors of my friends. And we are all connected to each other in a circle, in a hoop that never ends. I am a... Oh, that looks... <laughs> you might hear the panic in my voice. Well, I, I, I hope I, I hope that you all really enjoyed that sound clip. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed terrifying me. 
there's so many um pro, pro pros though to to being a little bit later to the game as well i mean there, there are there are Definitely. cons to it but you know we we have we have a a, such a new art form in games um, mm. that what's it's a privilege to be able to sort of curate all of these games and so, like not every game not every piece of artwork survived the you know um, not, and not every piece of art deserved to survive um, <laughs> either you know um, and, and the same with games like we're part of a you know a zeitgeist of curators who are deciding as a global market as a global um consumer what games are going to last the test of time you know um and uh you know i think there's there's just so many pros to to being late to the game that you know i hope you're enjoying still being late i mean my very last one is um you know the, probably the best one for me personally apart from the cheap <laughs> games is that i get you know youtube t- tutorials <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, I mean, I can't believe we left that the last to talk about, but like, you know, it makes life so much easier, particularly when you have a busy work schedule to be able to look (laughs) up YouTube and not get not get frustrated with that particular section of a game is a godsend. Yeah, no. And I mean, you're totally right. Like there there are so, so, so many pros um, that maybe not outweigh. but certainly balance the scales because, you know, I'm sure it is, it, I'm sure it is probably in some respects to just be good to be like on time with the games. <laughs> so I can't probably say that it outweighs it, but there are so many pros to it. No, and, and I don't know. I don't know. I, cause, cause I think it's art, you know, and I, I, I don't think I come need to it when to you're be ready. there in 1812 <laughs> or what, what was it? 1862 to hear the 1812 overture, you know? <laughs> I, I can enjoy the 1812 overture just as much in 2021. I don't need to be there live. However, um, you know. <laughs> that is an interesting analogy, though, because okay, you on. and I both know we both know music. We're both, you know, like classically trained musicians. And I don't think mm-hmm. that you can compare the 1812 overture to a game that was maybe made like 10 years ago. Not saying that you're saying that it's like equal masterpieces, but we kind of knew what we were doing with classical music by the 1800s, whereas art, like right. art in games is brand new. So like the development you're seeing, if I played a game that's from 20 years ago, I'm going to feel that difference. Whereas the 20 year margin in the romantic era of the 1800s, like you're not going to feel it as much. Yeah, there's there's an argument to be made that we actually just haven't actually really established what art is with games yet, and therefore games in 2021 are better. But it's also kind of assuming, though, that to make that argument, that the art of a game in 2010 isn't um, as valuable as the art of a game as 2021. And, mm, and I'm not saying that. No. I think no. it sounds like the kind of like you're saying. I, I think you can enjoy a game from 2020, 2010, um, in and, and that it can stand up to the test of time. I, I, I think I think Final Fantasy VII original, st- as a piece in itself, stands the test of time. I still think it's an excellent game. Absolutely, story wise, one hundred percent, because there have been fantastic writers since there's been writing, but. In terms of the visual medium that video games 
is, you know, like it's, it, it is hard to compare. Like it would be really hard for me to be playing all of these like next gen games and going back to like a PlayStation 2 game, you know, like unless I played it when it came out of PlayStation 2. But what I'm saying is it depends on the art style that's being used to create that game. Sure. I mean, if you're if your goal is to create realism, well, then we're still actually working towards that. And we're kind of coming to a point now where we're really starting to um, meet those goals. But if your point was beautiful art, like there's a game that came out, Okami. Um, Okami must have come out in like 2006, but it like uses Japanese water watercolors and mm. it still looks just as beautiful in sure. 2021. That is never going to age. And there's a lot of like, like there's a lot of people that, that really love sprite artwork and, mm. and sprite artwork from, you know, 2000, 1998 still holds up. Now, if that's the art style, that, there's a lot of people, new game developers that are choosing to actually go with those styles because that it's an artistic choice to go Definitely. with those. And, and so that's what I mean by like, you know, I didn't have to be around for Leonardo da Vinci to really appreciate <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci right. now in 2021. I think art, good art stand, stands the test of time. And so Absolutely. I'm happy to be late to the game at any point. Yeah, no, that's fair. I suppose I was imagining art styles that are that take on the realistic nature of representation, right. you know, not like artsy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like those are going to live because they're like they're niche and they're kind of kitschy or something and they have their place. Mm -hmm. Whereas like realism, like if you're if you're if you're attempting to achieve realism, it will get better over time. And your first sketches yeah, are going to look definitely. and you're going to be like, maybe not. No, you know? And, and like, you are right. I mean, we, we are still working towards a, we're still learning how to actually create, make games art, you know, mm, it, definitely. the idea of games of art, as art really, you know, is, is a new sort of concept for the vast majority of people anyway. So. Absolutely. I guess that concludes our little discussion on it. Um, and next I just quickly before we end the podcast today, I have to thank our lovely community members for the un incredible charity stream that I got to do this past weekend. It was an eight hour program initially planned and there was <laughs> a terrible storm that rolled in. My Wi-Fi was like only can be described as anemic um, and I just... Everything was set up kind of to fail on the day and it still ended up being like one of the best, if not the best streams and streaming days I've ever had. Um, it was no. absolutely perfect and I had so, so much fun and it ended up being 10 hours instead. That's what I was going to say. You actually ended up going an extra two hours. Um, yeah. It was brilliant. I, I was in and out through the day and loved watching Final Fantasy VII. And I mm. had so much fun watching you at the very end of the day with Little Nightmares as well. <laughs> and we have lots of clips of that as well. So uh, make sure that you check out some of uh, uh, Ellie's uh, social media so you can just watch some of these videos because I have met nobody that reacts the way that you do to horror games <laughs> yeah 
I um, I was actually privileged enough in stream to have my mom attend for a bit of it. And she was like, wow, you actually do play better when you sing. And like, meanwhile, I'm singing like Disney songs or I'm rapping Hamilton or just, <laughs> just giving anything. And like I was it was getting to the point where I I realized I actually was playing better while I was singing. So I was like, OK, guys, just keep giving me more songs to sing. Like I will do this and this is how we will go about our, our stream. Um, and mind you, like everyone that's probably at home who's played Little Nightmares, they're probably like, what is she even talking about? Little Nightmares 1 isn't even that bad. And you're right. But I am so scared by even the notion of a scary game that when I am playing this scary game, it is 10 times more terrifying to me than it ever will be to you. <laughs> so what would you have to sing to get yourself to Last of Us 2? Oh, Christ. Probably the entirety of Hamilton. Like just three hour <laughs> musical on repeat. I absolutely, or six maybe, like six the musical, the Henry VIII's wives musical. Um, <laughs> apparently, a historical musical is what I need to feel safe. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So there, it, it confirmed Last of Us is on the next stream. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I have to. No, I have to shout out to uh, Chulock for all the. Um, it, so there's there's a channel on the Discord called What's for Dinner. Man, Chulock put up fo fo photos of food there recently, and he made a flan it looks recently. Good, it looks he good. Everything that Chulock puts in that chat just makes me so excited, and I need that chat to transition to also to giving me recipes. Like right. I How love the food, this? I love the food porn, but I need the instructions. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there we go. So we want we want a live stream of Chulock showing us how to cook these. <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Absolutely. Here we go. Next charity stream. Definitely. <laughs> well, everyone, that is another late to the game episode in the books. And if in the meantime, you can't wait for more of my content, please check in uh, with redellegamer.com and we will see you next time. And please, please also join the discord because we would love to have you putting in all of your food into the what's for dinner channel and we don't even have to talk about games yum 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 <laughs> thank you ned bye bye